Good evening. The Cold War is back, and this time it's looking much hotter. It's March 15th, 2022. I'm Michael Coyne, and you're listening to Liberty Caller. At the height of the Cold War, California Congressman Richard Nixon uncovered the Pumpkin Papers and began to identify the fact that there were legitimate communists working in the State Department, the United States State Department. The Pumpkin Papers spelled the demise of the career of one Alger Hiss. However, Nixon's success with the Pumpkin Papers is not where this story ends. Wisconsin Congressman Joe McCarthy, seeking to replicate this success and grab a little bit of the fame for himself, gave rise to what was known as McCarthyism, claiming falsely that he had lists upon lists of communists working in the federal government and that he was prepared to go public. McCarthy and the House Un-American Activities Committee represented a particularly dark time for the United States of America. Today, we are at risk of making many, many, many of the same mistakes of the McCarthyite era. We begin today by looking at a report coming out of Politico, which slams Fox News host Tucker Carlson for his coverage of the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Now, I want to begin by saying I do not agree with or defend Carlson's take on the Russia-Ukraine conflict. The fact that he blames NATO claims falsely that there was Western aggression that provoked Vladimir Putin's actions, is indefensible and unconscionable. Tucker Carlson should be ashamed of himself and needs to reconsider his coverage. However, this is the United States of America. Carlson is entitled to his opinion, ill-informed and incorrect though it may be, and he is entitled to use whatever platform he has been given to voice that opinion. Calling him a traitor, attempting to smear him as anti-American, these things serve no purpose. And the fact that, as a country, we have defaulted to this McCarthyite tactic, not just today, but also at the height of the War on Terror, I was guilty of it too, means that we all need to turn down the temperature and recognize that opposing points of view should be welcomed and analyzed and debated. Which brings me to some more issues. An unusual debate raging a war of words between former Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard and Utah Senator Mitt Romney. Romney took to Twitter the other day to talk about Gabbard's comments in which she claims that there were U.S.-funded biolabs in Ukraine. Romney went ahead and called Gabbard a traitor, even going so far as to suggest that her comments were treasonous. Let's be clear about something. Well, I have seen no evidence, and I've done my best to scour for reports from both mainstream outlets and even some fringe outlets to see where I could find some information. I can't find any concrete evidence that we were working on biological weapons with Ukraine. The United States government doesn't 
as far as I know, engage in such activities, and to claim otherwise is just this side of treason. However, that doesn't appear to be what Ms. Gabbard claimed. Now, part of the uh, Putinist commentary, the Putinist propaganda, was that the United States was funding bioweapons in Ukraine. This is, of course, as we can, as far as we can tell, false. There is no evidence to support it. Now, that said, the United States funds biological research with many, many, many countries and many, many, many universities and many, many, many scientific outlets in many, many countries. So the fact that we have a few bio labs in Ukraine is indicative of nothing. And we should take the WHO recommendation that these labs should be cleared out, that these labs should be removed before anything dangerous happens. While we can certainly suspect, and I am of the opinion, that the entire COVID-19 outbreak came from the fact that China was probably working on some sort of biological weapon, I will admit that all we have is circumstantial evidence on this. But we do know that it was the failure of a biolab to remain secure. How much easier are these failures in wartime? So, let's turn down the temperature, Senator Romney and Congresswoman Gif uh, Gabbard, excuse me. Yes, we should make sure that these biolabs are cleared out, and that there's nothing that can escape, nothing that can get out. That's the last thing we need right now. But we also don't need to resort to calling one another traitor, and pointing fingers, and being the new version of Joe McCarthy. We are better than this as a country, and we need to live up to that expectation. Now perhaps Senator Romney was simply trying to score some cheap political points and regain some right-wing cred by smearing a Democrat who has become increasingly popular with conservative Republicans, as she likes to make the rounds on Fox News and other uh, right and center-right media outlets. If so, that was a bad strategy. Senator Romney, call your office. You need some better advice. Frankly, it doesn't really matter what is happening. Maybe both of these people were trying to just be provocative. I don't know. Maybe that's all Tucker Carlson is doing as well. But the bottom line is we need to ratchet down the rhetoric because there are real things happening that we need to discuss. For example, a Chinese warship appearing in Philippine waters. Yes, this is related. Like I mentioned in my intro, the Cold War is coming back and it is threatening to turn hot. The Philippine government contacted this warship that appeared in Philippine, well, I should say disputed, waters in the South China Sea. Which, as we know, China has always tried to claim for its own. China believes that the South China Sea belongs to China. Much like it believes that Taiwan belongs to China. Nevertheless, these were in Philippine waters, and the Chinese vessel claimed innocent passage when the Philippine government told it to move and remain there for approximately three days, this according to reporting by the Epoch Times. This should scare us. This is China rattling the saber again.
We've been worried about China making moves on Taiwan, and rightly so. And now we should be worried about China making moves against its other neighbors in the South China Sea. With Putin's Russia on the march, it's good to reason that Putin's closest friend, closest ally in the international community, Chinese President Xi Jinping, might also consider marching forward. We've all seen those animated graphics from old news shows, old documentaries, of what we were afraid was going to happen during the Cold War, with the globe gradually turning red, starting at the USSR and China and moving its way outward. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's what we're seeing right now. And there is nothing, repeat nothing, that will fog our ability to fight this war faster than if we start turning on one another. Keep China and Russia in their corners. It's as simple as that. But the sooner we turn our gazes and turn our targets towards our fellow Americans, the sooner we lose sight of the fact that we have real enemies out there, real wars we need to fight, and real concerns that we should be facing. We'll be right back. Good news today in the battle to protect children. The Idaho Senate has passed Senate Bill 1309, which now heads to the governor's desk. 1309 is a heartbeat bill similar to and styled after the bill that recently passed in Texas that bans all abortions after the point that a fetal heartbeat is detectable, which usually occurs at about six weeks of pregnancy. Now, critics claim that this is far too early of a ban and an encroachment on women's rights. However, there are unborn women as well, and their rights are not well served by being killed in their mother's womb. Nevertheless, so what exactly does this bill do, and what sets it apart from other abortion legislation that has passed throughout the country? Well, as I said, it's modeled after Texas's legislation, which means that it's not up to the government to enforce the law, but rather it is up to citizens, citizens to sue the abortion providers. It empowers the citizens to sue abortion providers. Who specifically can sue under Idaho's new law? Well, how about the father of the preborn child? The grandparents? How about the siblings of the preborn child? Aunts? Uncles? Anyone whose life might have been enriched by knowing this child, by loving this child, by caring for this child, can now sue the abortion provider for taking that child's life. Make no mistake, this is a good thing. This is a wonderful step forward for children's rights. For far too long, we've lived under the narrative of my body, my choice. The problem is, it's not your body. It stops being your body when someone else's heartbeat needs to stop to defend your presupposed rights. You don't get to kill. Which brings me to the common refrain that pro-choice activists like to bring up. Well, what about cases of rape? If it took you over six weeks to decide whether or not you were actually raped, you weren't raped. 
Let's be clear on that. However, the rapist under this new law has absolutely no rights. However, according to a USA Today report, the family of that rapist could, theoretically, still sue under this law. So the rapist's parents, i.e. the child's grandparents, could sue, for example. This is a great leap forward against the barbaric act of murdering women, or murdering children, while they're still in their mother's wombs. This is a very good thing for America. We must continue to defend the rights of all people, born and pre-born. And remember that your rights end when you start to infringe on the rights of another. Yes, you do have a right to choose your reproductive outcomes. However, those rights end when you are talking about taking the life of your baby. So this is terrific. To that end, let's talk a little bit about what happened in the Texas law. It recently went to the Texas Supreme Court, where opponents of the legislation tried to get it overturned or suspended. The Texas Supreme Court held that the law should remain in effect. And now, anyone who attempts, who wants to overturn the Texas law has to hope that the U.S. Supreme Court will hear the case. These are big wins on the cause for life. We'll be right back. We close today where we began with the situation in Ukraine, but we report not news, but rather ask for prayers, as we unfortunately now can report the deaths of American journalist Brent Renaud, Fox News cameraman Pierre Zakrzewski, and the injury of Fox News's Benjamin Hall. Please pray for these people and for their families. We now have American casualties in the war in Ukraine. This is Michael Coyne for Liberty Caller. Thank you very much. Good night and pray for peace. This has been an episode of Liberty Caller with Michael Coyne. Copyright 2022.